Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you. Hello there, everybody. This is I Miss You Man. I'm a man called Lonnie. He's a man called Dylan. How you doing, Dylan? Doing amazing, mate. Doing amazing. The best I've ever been, actually. Today. That's it. Everything this is the down- peak. Downhill from here. Absolutely. It's the peak of the podcast. Yep. Peak of my life. This yep. is it. Right now. This right. moment. Well, I'm looking forward to the podcast then, mate. It can be our best ever. Uh, normally on this show, what do we do again? Well, normally, we take each other on a journey each week. It could be about anything. Life, pop culture, everything in between. But this right here, this is our mega series where we go through the entire filmography of Christina Ricci, the Christina Chronicles. Oi, oi, oi. Christina Ricci. Our favourite. Our last episode of this series was Speed Racer. We had a guest on for that one. It's a pretty, pretty special episode, I think, Dylan. What do you reckon? What, one of our best. One of our best, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but you might have been waiting to for this one as well. New York, I love <laughs> Someone you. out there, it, maybe. It, it could be your favourite film. You've been had it on the calendar marked out for, for years now, waiting for us to get to this one. Natalie Portman, she was waiting for someone <laughs> to talk about New York, I love you. Um, I don't know if it's really had much of a cultural um, impact. There's a little bit, I mean, it's in, in and of itself, it was a spiritual successor to another film, which is interesting. Do you want to oh. give us a quick rundown, Dylan, on what New York, I love you, is all about? I mean, it's basically just like uh, a series of like mini stories just about all these people in New York. It's citizens. It's people. I guess how the, the city impacts them and makes them who they are, I guess, if you yes, want to the, get it to a spiritual level. <laughs> the, um, the, the cultural melting pot that is New York City. Mm. Um, I saw someone talking about New York once, and they said, it's funny in America, they decided to make one city, which is like, Everyone's crammed together in skyscrapers and it's a real urban jungle. And it's a really interesting city. It's all different, you know, different boroughs and it got all these different cultures all jammed together and like it's a really fascinating city. They've got the, the subway system and people living and, and you know, from poor to, to rich and all that sort of stuff. And then every other city is not like that. Like, we'll, we'll do one of them. We'll give one a go. Just the one, the one experiment. You got other cities like this, oh, which is the country and the suburbia and whatnot, but there's also like LA, we got driver wear and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, New York, one and done, my head. That, that'll, that'll do us. One great city. Yeah, it's an old one. An old one, isn't it? That one? Yeah. So it's an anthology film. It's um, intersecting storylines to a certain degree in New York. They're all about love, in a way. 
I guess you'd call it a rom-com, but some of them sort of stretch more into just romantic dramas. Um, and some of them are more quirky, but some are quite dark and deep. Um, it's a mixed bag, and that's what you get with anthology films with different directors. You're going to get different varying variants in tone and quality. That, that's kind of what you sign up for, I guess. Um, yeah, to be expected. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the idea, I guess, and as our, our good friend Roger Ebert, I've got a quote later on, if you don't like one segment, just wait. You watch the next one, you might like that. That's the sort of idea of these sort of films, isn't it? It's an experiment. They're not all going to work for you. It's true. It's true. Did it work for you overall, Dylan? Overall, batting average. Mm. Think so. I think so. You think it worked for you? Just, <laughs> just, just. Um, Maybe a six out of ten. Six out of ten. You're just a bit more than average. Okay, that makes sense. As I mentioned, it's a sequel of sorts, sequel in in concept to another film called uh, Paris Chatham, Paris, I Love You. It came out in 2006, similar concept basically, although for that one it wasn't, there was no intersecting storyline apparently. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So is it just purely one and dones? Uh, yeah, apparently. I haven't watched it, but that's what they said. Um, that's what I think this should have been, to be honest. Yeah, I, I feel like the intersection stuff, it didn't really add much or, or do anything with it, so it kind of came more distracting than anything else for me. Yeah, it was kind of just like characters from previous stories just cameoing in other people's stories they don't mm. add anything to them could yeah. easily take them out yeah yeah i didn't didn't like it personally that bit <laughs> um so roger mentioned in, in his review and i assume it's true that the filmmakers all the different directors were given like like two days to to film as well and so they weren't going crazy over the top and that's why a lot of the the um segments are in one location i'm, I'm suspecting mm. There's not, not not room for a huge amount of of um, setups, basically. Sure. Um, we both commented, Dylan, to each other separately, that the the first story in particular, that the color grading was very weird, wasn't it? I did not it get very, it. It was a harsh yellow <laughs> for seemingly no reason. I don't know what it added to the scene, especially when we go back to the characters involved in it. Hmm. It's just normal shorts at that point. So I don't know. What they're trying to do. It's weird to have that first up too, because you have to, you, you kind of feel like that's the going to be the color grading for the whole film. So you can bit, bit put off. I was at least. Yeah, definitely. Then it calmed down. It's very displeasing. It's mm. harsh. Mm. Hurt my eyes. <laughs> um, I liked the idea of this. I think more than the actual film. I think um, you know, different cultures in New York. Everywhere, everyone in New York has come from somewhere else. It's the immigrant city, immigrant country, America. Um, that that's all good stuff. I like it, but the execution mm. wasn't really there for me for my storylines. It's also a bit weird. It's a bit like other films we've had in this in this series and on the show in general. It's a huge cast, right? Like lots of big names, mm. but they're only doing you know a couple of days on set, so they probably don't care too much about getting paid for it. So they are probably you know taking the risk and doing something fun and like you know why why not be part of it? The film itself isn't resting solely on your shoulders so why not come in and do a do a smaller part sort of thing but it kind of became distracting to me that every segment had like a big movie star for not really a movie star level quality of work didn't that make sense yeah okay i'll get you i'll get you here we go we got bradley cooper 
Charlotte Booth, oh, Ethan Hawke, oh. Eli Wallach, Maggie Q, James Kahn, Hayden Christensen, mm. Nelly Portman, reunited at last. <laughs> Finally. The world's been asking for it, and here it is. New York, I love you. In um in different segments, sadly. Um yeah. that's just a just a um yeah, I mean Christina Ricci as well. Christina Ricci, Elena Bloom. Um oh. interesting. He's in you it. You named him. <laughs> okay. And you said off pod you despise the man. <laughs> I specifically you think said an ugly I, human being I is what I was No, he's, told. he's a very beautiful man. I I I don't like him, but I don't hate him. Orlando Bloom, he's fine, you know? He's totally okay. Didn't like him much in this one, though. We should talk about his segment, given he is in the Christina Ricci segment. He is a creep, yeah. right? Oh, that's a bit harsh. Okay, talk us through it. Arsh, talk us through it. I, I kind of don't know what's happening. He's like, um, I guess he's the composer, really, for like this animated film. And the director's just giving him like mountains of notes and nonsense homework to do to try and capture the feel of what he wants mm. for the compositions. And he's trying to getting these directions through an intermediary, which I guess like a secretary or someone, which is Christina Ricci's character. Yep. And it's mostly a voice role for her because it's, I'd say, 95% of this story. She's on the phone talking to Orlando Bloom. I guess kind of a prerequisite of what's to come. She's going to start getting into voice roles a bit more. She must have liked it. Hell yeah. Don't worry about makeup. (laughs) After. Like I only had to do hair and makeup and get into costume for one hour's work. The rest yeah. I was just in a booth. I loved it. She must have been <laughs> loving it. It's a, it's a, a kind of a sweet story because they they start to fall in love over the phone, I suppose. But I don't know. It just didn't get didn't didn't earn her love. I don't think. <laughs> now, if this was any other actress, would you feel this way? Maybe we've got uh, protective. We're a pretty protective older brother. Of so Emile Hirsch earned it in Speed Racer, but not Orlando Bloom in New York. I love you. That's very well, interesting. He's just not a me. very. He's just like a bit of a weirdo guy. He's he's doing a good job. He's working in the film industry, and he has to make some music. And the director's like, read this book, and he's like, oh, I can't read a book. Like, okay, mate. Well, no, just do your no, no, job no. properly. Now you listen here. He had to read like two books, and he laid it out. He laid out the math. He was like, "I have to read like takes me like four minutes a page. It's like a thousand pages. It's going to take like days. Time I don't have." Yeah, well, he's a bit creepy because then the solution is that. Well, I guess she puts it forward. I guess, but hmm. the solution is that Christine Absolutely. is going to read. Back off, Orlando. <laughs> I didn't know you'd be this protective of Orlando Bloom. I just think you're being a bit harsh. I think he deserves a fair shake of the sauce bottle, mate, and you're not giving it to him. Um, well, their, their storyline ends nicely, and it's, it's a rom-com setup, I suppose. But I just felt a yeah, bit it's, nothing. It's probably the most the most classic rom-com story yeah. in this whole yeah. thing. It's cute, it's quirky, a little bit funny, a little bit charming. There's a sweet note at the end. So she mm. basically, what's she propose, Lorne? She proposes that to help him um, do his reading, that she will instead read the book to him. Right. Yeah. Which is nice. Good plan. It's nice for them. And And what does that entail? It entails staying at his apartment. Well, she's got to come on over, yeah. And it's it's the the nature of an anthology film. You can't go into depth 
Like these characters I probably would want to see a bit more of to understand what happens after this and maybe what led them to this part, this um, time in their lives. I mean, well, Sal is probably invested more in this little short story. It's probably about 10 minutes long, if mm, that. Still about 8 minutes. Then probably like 50% of the rom-coms we've seen so far of her yeah. career. Yeah, right. I think so. They had pretty good chemistry for mm. over the phone. Mm. I mean, I, I agree. I do wonder, though, if I was just paying more attention because it was Christina. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. I mean, anyway, that, that part of it, that little portion, that 10 minutes, mm. big thumbs up. Yeah, that's good it. stuff. Um, shall we go through some of the other other storylines? I don't know. I don't have more. Yes, we but... have to, right? <laughs> well, may as well. Hey, well, <laughs> we're here. When else are we going to talk about New York? I love you. We can come yeah. back next week if you want to another episode. Mm. Nah, <laughs> this will do. I think. Uh, the first storyline we we come into is Hayden Christensen, uh, Rachel Bilson, and Adam Garcia, I believe. And this is the, Andy this Garcia. Is the pissed, the piss covered lens. Yeah, absolutely. The harsh yellow. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Hayden Christensen is like playing a bit of a. Bit of a con man, thief sort of guy, a pickpocketer. I, I did not understand this, by the way. Is that what was happening? I think so. And he's trying to steal Rachel Bilson off um, Andy Garcia. And, and she's playing, she's like his college student. And he's an older sort of college professor. And mm. he, he works out straight away that Aiden Christensen is a bit dodgy. And they sort of have a uh, sort of pseudo-argument in front of her in a bar, then they start pickpocketing each other for some reason. They pickpocket off. <laughs> I didn't really understand this one. It wasn't maybe the strongest one to start off with, to be honest. Yeah, it was, it was very odd. It was very odd. I thought um, I thought Hayden Christensen and who was the lady? Rachel Bilson from the AC. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um... I got the feeling they knew each other prior. Did so. you? Yeah, that, I, I, I didn't really. I don't know how it ended. There's an odd vibe. That odd vibe one. all around. Yeah. I was being blinded <laughs> half the time by the, <laughs> the harsh colours. It wasn't nice to look at, for starters. No. Yeah. Um, one of Bradley Cooper's recurring roles in this is that he gets into lots of taxis with people. I don't really Yeah, that aren't it. his, by the way. Yeah, he just walks into taxis. He just steals other people's taxis. Yeah. Bizarre. We'll get into his From the form. roadside, by the way. He doesn't yeah, how does he get the there? sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> he just dodges traffic to jump into these cabs that aren't his. Absolute we'll, menace. We'll get into his full storyline later. Um, the one with Natalie Portman is kind of interesting. She's playing a sort of um, a fundamental... Um, she's a woman of fundamental Jewish religion. She's about to get married. That involves... Hasidic? Is that what it's called? Hasidic yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. She's going yeah. to cut her hair off as part of this this ritual, and she's doing a jewelry deal um, with the Indian man who's also going through some strange personal um, strife. His wife has left him because she's gone to sort of be closer to God. They're both struggling with the like religion in their lives. And religion, marriage, all the intersection like... of yeah, yeah. Um, and then then I don't know they kind of two people who meet in a sort of, in one scenario, and they start thinking about their other scenario, that sort of thing. Like, weird, the whole thing, inter intersection of people, culture, and whatnot in New York. Do you like this one? Absolutely. Yeah, it's all right. 
I could I could have used a, a bit more time with it. Felt this one was a bit short. Yeah, a bit more context would have been nice. And it, and it goes a bit um, dream sequency towards the end. So that, again, didn't quite feel earned, but that's because we're working with short time periods, mm. durations. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, she's good. I think it's Irfin Khan as the, as the, the man. Very good as well. Yeah. Um, I think... She, I think she wrote and directed her one, didn't she? Kelly Gorman? I'm pretty sure I read in the credits. Let me have a look. She directed one of them. I'm not sure if it was that one, whether she was... I, I know was... she wrote and directed one. It said written and directed by Nellie yeah. Foreman. I just assumed she would have done her own work. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh no, no, she no, no, she wrote and directed the one with the the, the kid, guy right? and his kid in the park. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, sorry, uh, misinformation. Do you like no, that really. one? The, he was a dancer and he was like mistaken <laughs> for a manny. A male manny. Yeah, having said that, it's probably the shittest one. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's just a bit boring. Yeah. Yeah, like I think at least the first couple have an intriguing aspect to it. That one kind of felt a bit um, like if it was a short film by itself, you're like, oh, it's one of these short films where it's just a snapshot of someone's life. Um, but I think when it comes after you've seen six or seven already in the the overall film, you're like, you need to wake me up a bit here, you know? You didn't really get a New York vibe from it, if you know what I mean. No, and that's actually something one of the criticism seen I've seen from the people. It's like, is it really New Yorkish or are this just people? And I guess people are from New York, so that's you know. But the sure. that um, that I mean, New York the flavor. first um, yeah. I mean, the first Bradley Cooper story um with him and is it the dude from The Hangover? Is that is that him in the cab at the start? Bradley Cooper's in The Hangover. Oh yeah, they're both in The Hangover. I guess is the, is the other guy in The Hangover too? Is he? Yeah, he's the guy that um they they lose. Oh, is he in the hangover? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even put that together. There you go. I'm so used to seeing Bradley Cooper and other stuff. I feel yeah, like yeah. he's made him famous. Yeah. But yeah, um, they're in the back of the cab and they're like arguing about the the best route. To yeah. Get somewhere yeah. that's pretty New Yorky. New Yorkers the, thinking they know the best way to play. The cabbie kicks him out because he's like volatile. Yeah, that was that was true. I mean, being a cabbie in New York. You'd have so many potential customers, you could just pe- tell people to fuck off if you're not having a bar of it, <laughs> to be honest. Couldn't you? It's true, what are they going to do to you? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think, Dylan, I'll talk about one of the strongest ones now, if we can. It's with okay. Ethan Hawke and Maggie Q. So, <laughs> yeah, I like this one. I like yeah. this one too, and I could have seen more of this, to be honest. I think it was very well directed. Well acted. The, the script was was quite strong. Well edited, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk us through it. What what, what have we got? I mean, it's basically Ethan Hawke. He's a writer, I believe. He's he sees this lady out on this balcony. They're both having a smoke. Um, and he gets taken with her, and they start flirting. Mm. And then it basically <laughs> just turns into a monologue of him saying why she should sleep with him, and how good he's going to make her feel, and. Uh, Basically telling her how good it's going to feel to be pleasured by him. Weirdly specific, right? He gets very, very weirdly specific. He gets into some, he some names nitty body gritty parts details. And whatnot. Absolutely. He sure does. Yeah. But? And then, <laughs> yeah, but, and that probably goes for like probably five minutes of him trying to seduce this woman. <laughs> yeah. Not even seduce, just convince that he's worth sleeping with. Yeah. And then she basically in the end, she's just like, I'm a hooker. Here's my number. It's funny. 
Yeah. Yeah. Here's my number. Give me a call. If you're interested. It's like, oh. It's, it's a classic short story, like twist in the tail sort of thing. It was very strong, I thought. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Absolutely. I'm uh, quite surprised to say this is your favorite one. Because you, you noted one photo wash on this. You clocked one that showed up on your radar. You're like... There's one coming up that you're not going to believe. Why don't you run us through that one? Well, I didn't recognise the man involved, the kid involved, and I feel a bit sad now knowing who it is. It's Anton Yelchin, who um, sadly passed away quite young. Um, oh, Jay. Yeah, he, he was in the Star Trek and a few other films. Um, great actor, great young actor. He, he died, unfortunately, um, a few years ago now, but you know, obviously this film before then. Anyway, he... Is a, is a kid <laughs> who's got a really yeah. close relationship with his local pharmacist. I don't know why, but he's got a pharmacist he can go and have a chat to. Pharmacist, Played by James Kahn. James Kahn, he, he was very good. He is um, great in this, yeah. He he yeah, he's having a chat to his, his pharmacist and he's like, mate, I've heard all the stories. You, you, know, you need a date. <laughs> For some reason, he knows this. Oh, his prom date dropped him. Yeah, yeah. I'll help, I'll help you out. My daughter... She um needs a she needs a date. He's like, Weedy's pimped out his daughter, but Anton is like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Gets over there, he sees the daughter. She's beautiful. Oh my god, it's all working out. Turns out she's in a wheelchair, which he takes quite badly. I think I don't think he'd get <laughs> taken. Sure he wouldn't get away with that these days, would he? That that sort of stuff. It was of the time, the the reaction and how it plays out. Um, yeah. That's a fun setup for a movie, and whether you know, in this case, a short film or a segment of a bigger film. That's all fun. He kind of ends up having a good time with her at the prom ish. They they dance together. It's all kind of okay. He sees his ex girlfriend who dropped him, and they sort of have a tit for tat at the at the prom. So already, that's taken some turns, right? The next yeah. turn it takes, Dylan. I was not expecting in this sort of film. Yeah. They go to Central Park, and this this lady who's a, the wheelchair user, she's like, let's, let's make it a real special night to remember. I'm, I'm going to preface this before you jump into this. Up to this point, it's been like a bit artsy-fartsy, this film. Yeah. A bit fancy, a bit very indie, you know? Yeah. Anyway, it, continue. As we get into this, it becomes a sex comedy, because the wheelchair <laughs> user, she... Gets herself, helps with his assistance, ties herself up to be holding like her arms up into a tree. So she's hanging down. She gets him to take off her clothes and they have sex in the park. It is bizarre that this happens in this sort of film, isn't it, Dylan? Yeah. 
Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. I mean, you talk about tonal whiplash. Mm. Oh, goodness. Mm. Out of nowhere. And, and then we get twisted and turned again, don't we? <laughs> the latest, the last twist, which I think allows it to stay in the film, is that it turns out she's not actually a wheelchair user. She's an actor. And she's playing someone in a wheelchair soon. So she was using him more than he was using her. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis in it. Yes. He's a method actor. Yes. So... That is the twist in the tale that sort of undercuts and kind of, I think, retroactively, I don't, I don't agree with this, but you could argue that it makes it okay, all the weird stuff that's happened before, right? It's all okay because it was all a big joke. But yeah, directed by Brett Ratner, which kind of makes sense, I, I think. Um, this weird sort of odd, you know, two, early 2000s American Pie sex comedy <laughs> sure. segment. yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I think it was one of the better ones, though. Like, unfortunately, but for better or worse, it probably well directed, had a good pace to it. The acting was pretty strong. Like, it's memorable. Other ones I've kind of forgotten about. It's been a few days, but that one stuck in the mind. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. And as we said before, James Khan probably hmm. one of the best performances, if not the best one in the film. Yeah, very yeah. funny. He owned it. Uh, very good. Um, in, I mean. Very well made. I don't know if they're very good, maybe too far <laughs> overall. But um, some of these, as you say, are more on the artsy-fartsy indie cinema side. But um, fortunately, the ones we're responding to are the ones that are kind of more mainstream. Maybe says more about us mm. than the film itself. Um, Bradley Cooper is involved in a weird sexual tryst. What do you reckon, Dylan, about that one? Well, this is a Sopranos alum right here. I, I read that. I thought you'd be into that. Right, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen her so much as Adriana in Sopranos. Mm. I just couldn't get out of my head that this is her. Is it? Is she and a similar role in Sopranos? Huh? She playing a similar sort of character? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The sexy lady. Yeah. <laughs> so what's their what's their thing in this? They're just having an affair of some sort. I don't know if it's an affair. It's just basically them are just recapping like the one night stand they both had mm. with each other. Internally recapping, she's on a subway. He's just an indicator in New York. Forgot who he was doing. And they're kind of thinking about whether they're gonna do it again, or absolutely. Yeah. And in the end, they do. We assume. We assume. Yeah, this one is more of the um, it's evocative imagery. It's the sexiest mm. one of it. There's you know the nudity, tasteful nudity. Um, it's okay. Whiplash emotionally and tonally from the last one um, and the others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was okay. The biggest, um, the strangest one that sticks out, a bit of a sore thumb for me, was uh, Shia LaBeouf <laughs> as a hotel porter with a with a disability. A boy, Seems yeah. like a he's like got a hunchback sort of scenario. He's a, yeah, some wrong with he he like gets really massive nosebleeds as well. Hmm. He strikes up this friendship with the guest who was an opera singer. But it becomes Retired un- opera singer. What's that, sorry? Retired opera singer. Oh, yeah. an older, older lady. In, indeed, indeed. It becomes um, strange to me in this one about whether she's imagining someone she met many years ago, whether she's imagining the whole thing, whether he actually died or whether 
he didn't die, I guess. But who's, yeah, what's, what's John Hurt? What's he doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why John Hurt's in this. It's very weird. Like, yeah, it's basically like we find this relationship between this Russian bellboy hmm. who I think, yeah, has a crush on this older fancy British opera singer. Hmm. Um, and it like all plays out normally, like just we're following this relationship as we go. Start Things start to get a little intense. And then he goes to close the window and then he's like dead on the pavement. But then he's not actually. It's John Hurt's there and he kind of snaps this lady out of whatever's happening in her head. I don't know what. And he's like, you know. He says stuff to her that the bellboy said to her. So I don't know if she's... Yeah, I don't know what was happening. This is weird. It this was bizarre. weird. I'm, I'm, I'm all for stuff that's weird, right? And that makes you think maybe it's ambiguous. But when it gets confusing, that that is that is that's no good. Terrible. No. For what it's worth though, Charlie Buff was pretty good in this. He's a good actor. He's a strange guy though. Apparently. The bad yeah. guy, allegedly. Oh, there we go. Allegedly. So yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. That was a weird one. Sure there was. was another storyline with the painter guy I didn't really follow, to be honest. I think I was a bit confused by just police trying to work out who John Hurt was and all that. I didn't, <laughs> didn't really catch the next one. I did. Um, he is like an artist that has like a an artistic obsession with like this uh, young lady, hmm. this young Asian lady, and he asked to paint her, and you know she's a bit like, oh, I don't know if I want to be this, and he's like, all right, well here's my address. Change your mind. Come on over. She eventually does change her mind. Goes over. Guy's dead. And uh, Paul, Paulie's there. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Paulie from Rocky. Telling her that, nah, he's dead. You want some of his shit? Come move in? Yeah, that's right. It's a very Paulie thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> Classic. Um, I think you, you and I both probably piped up when um Chris Cooper and Claire Wright are having a Another cigarette sharing scene outside a restaurant. Happens a bit in this movie, doesn't it? Robin Wright, isn't it? I heard, I heard what I say. Claire Wright? Claire is her character in House of Cards. Yeah, sure, sure is. That's where I got confused. Robin Wright. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It is Chris Keeper, though. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I guess it's the classic New York thing to like be sharing a cigarette and having a conversation outside. I do wonder if maybe the anthology writers and directors maybe didn't communicate what their storylines were because we see it a bit this recurring thing i don't know <laughs> yeah, if it's true. supposed to be recurring yeah. or whether it just happened to be the case hey what, yeah. what are these two chatting about outside dylan well they're training um they're like talking to each other like it's the first time they met each other hmm. and robin Wright's like running this guy through about have you ever had sex with a stranger and how amazing it is and that her husband's inside and she wishes that she was like as sexy and beautiful to him as she used to be when they first went out, mm. something like that. Um, and then it turns out it is Chris Cooper, is her husband. Mm. They're having I don't know, like a weird little role play scenario, maybe. Yeah, man, they're kind of saying probably uncomfortable truths that they can't feel comfortable saying to each other normally, so they're putting on characters to do that, psychosexual mm. stuff. I liked it. I feel like it's something we've seen plenty of times, though, probably. Sure. And there maybe wasn't a twist in the tail like the other ones. I mean, 
like carnivore. Carnivore. So maybe it was a regular. Actually, strangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not an effective twist in the tale, I should have said. No. No, not. Yeah. That was a good. Well performed though. Very well. Of course. Oh, Robin Wright, great as always. Yeah. Just one of the best. Yeah. yeah. Our princess bride. (laughs) Indeed. There's a very, very sweet one that's that's kind of I think it's the final one with Eli Wallach, the, the famous actor, and I think it's Cloris Leachman is also very famous. They're playing an old couple who obviously been together for years and years. They're having the same argument they've had for years and years as well. Um, they're going down to I think it's Coney Island to have a look at the water, go for lunch, and I don't know. I think at first you're supposed to think these two. They're grumpy, they're old, they, you know, had enough of life, they've had enough of each other. But then they come to realise, you know what, we do love each other. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably one of the one of the good times in the movie, and maybe not the only time, but one of the important times where it sort of slows down a bit and lets the characters just mm. sort of breathe and be a bit. Yeah, it takes its time, this yeah. one, probably more than any other story. That's right, and obviously when it's a film where we're seeing so many different characters routinely popping up, we've got to like reorient ourselves. It's nice, yeah. nice, very and very sweet, and I think you know it reminds me of my grandparents, and you know think of the future about what that might be like in fifty years with you, you know, your person being with you forever. Um, very sweet. Yeah, agreed. I think um, overall, it's hard to to you can assess the film but there's so many different writers and directors it's kind of hard to say the film did this thing well because you're kind of talking about what one did well one did wrong but i think overall the collective artistic theme seemed to be more confident in the the sexy romantic comedy stuff like the the um wheelchair user pharmacist daughter storyline the, the prom and the the maggie q ethan hawk one about the you know, sexy relationship turns out she's a sex worker. I think that works pretty well. The other stuff kind of drags a bit for the most part. Mm. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. As I said, probably overall, six out of ten for rating them all together as one film. Yeah. Definitely not the worst we've seen. No, it was very watchable. But yeah. the nature of this, as we've been saying, it's a mixed bag. Some are going to be really good. Some are going to be terrible. Most are going to be okay in the middle mm. um and also some of it's going to be your speed some of it's not so there we go absolutely christina was good but not enough for me and not enough that that's our lens obviously we, we watched this for christina so when she's only in a tenth of the movie it's tough but she's pretty well, good in what she, she does absolutely as i said she's it's mostly a voice mm. that her whole bit and she's good she's, she's good doing at a lot actor. with her voice she's, yeah yeah, you get a lot of emotion. She's a bit cheeky. You convey that over the phone. Mm. It's great. Love it. Little tidbit, Dylan, before we go into some reviews. Mm. Um, the TIFF, which is the Toronto Film Festival premiere of the film, featured 14 novellas. Distributors later decided to cut two of them. One of them was Scarlett Johansson's directorial debut, These Vagabond Shoes. So it's a bit rough, isn't it? Yeah. They give it a, a direct one and they don't even include it. Um, apparently there were focus you know, test screenings and they were met with unfavourable scores, so they didn't get in. Here's another one. I, I don't think I've seen Scarlett direct anything after this. It's been burnt. Hey, 
tough. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Was she in it herself? Was she directing herself? Do we know who starred in it? I have not deeper than that, to be honest. Mm. Okay, fair um, enough. Or if it might be out there somewhere. Be interesting little tidbit for somebody down the, down the, in the future, but rough. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we never uh, we never follow up on the um the opera single lady or the um the sex comedy bit. So maybe she was one of those follow ups. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. That was the inter- inter- intersection. Yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert, our boy. He hasn't watched all of the Christina Chronicle films, but when he does, we talk about him. We we give him a shout been out. Surprisingly slack, old Rog, <laughs> when it comes to Christina. I I suspect he wanted to review them all, but he had his bosses at the you know the Sun Times where he worked, and they were probably not. He wasn't. He's not all movies. Not just Christina movies. Like we are. Okay, that's I'm getting at. Mm. He, he gave this three stars, Dylan. Um, oh, okay, it's pretty favourable. Yeah, three out of four for him. That's pretty good. Yeah. I I get the feeling though he's giving it some props for trying, you know, and that's that's okay. <laughs> oh no. Um. I suspect he says the title isn't intended as a simple declaration, but should be pronounced in a wandering tone, with a wry shake of the head, as in, "Oh, you kid." The film assembles a collection of colourful characters who find that eight minutes is quite enough to make an impression. So as many New Yorkers would agree. Look at the cast and credits to form an idea of the directors and actors at work here. By its nature, New York I Love You can't add up. It remains the sum of its parts. If one isn't working for you, wait a few minutes. Here comes another one. New Yorkers, I love you. Yeah, I think he's talking more about the, the goals and intentions of the film than the film itself, but that's alright. It's pretty good. Good on him. Um, Who's going to tell him he's wrong? You? Not me. Personally. You wouldn't dare. I wouldn't. Less favourable review I found on a website called Letterboxd. We've been there a few times, Dylan. It's the it's the great unwashed. Go on there. <laughs> that's <laughs> rough for me. I don't know what I'd say that for. No, no, that's, that's fair, I guess. No, no, no. I'll it's, trust you. It's a user site, that's what I'm getting at. It's not professional film reviews. The dirty, filthy grubs of Letterboxd. What do they have to say, Lottie? Run us through. Danny JP, who, he looks like a very nice man from his picture, so I don't think he's part of the unwashed. He's actually a good fellow. <laughs> he says, Natalie Portman was great, and Bradley Cooper's astonishingly beautiful eyes got a few minutes of screen time, which I appreciated. <laughs> he also yeah. had way more sexual chemistry with Justin Bartha in the opening sketch than with Dre de Matteo in his proper story. Rough. Yeah. Cooper butt, too, he says. <laughs> Uh, Shire is wonderful in his segment. His segment also feels the most unlike the others. Yes, agreed with that. Mm. But, he says to them, but, Danny JP says the stories. They all felt utterly inauthentic, artificial, and crucially, I got no sense of the city of New York. A city I love, by the way. Mm. Also, <laughs> didn't buy the way the characters talked to each other. And if I wasn't profoundly bored, I was curling my toes with cringe. Bit harsh, very harsh. I, I, I agree for the ones that didn't work for me, but as I said, there were some that did work for me that I think well good. So, yeah, maybe for this guy, for Danny JP, nothing worked, which is sad. And that's why I gave it one and a half stars, I guess. No, too rough. Too that's rough why he's on Letterbox. 
<laughs> he's a he's a mutt, as Lonnie would say. <laughs> oh, didn't mean to be that harsh, but it happens, I guess. <laughs> um, so there we go. On New York, I love you. We've done it. We're um we're past the speed racer hump of the Christina Chronicles. It is a bit downhill from here now, isn't it, Dylan? We're waiting for Star Lone to get back to Speed Racer. Nothing's going to compare. Oh, nice. We're at, yeah. The next one I'm looking forward to the here of Carl City. <laughs> so it's a little while away. But we'll, we'll get there. What's coming up next, Dylan? Um, all, All's Fair in Love. All's Fair in Love. Uh, we have watched this already at the time of recording, so we, we are, mm. um, well and truly doing back-to-back today. Mm. Do you want to give people a hint, Dylan, for the, this will be out in a few weeks' time, so what do you mm. reckon? Anything? Is, you know, is that enough, what you're saying right now? Mm. Okay. Mm. We, we may have disagreeing views, potentially, people, so mm. look forward to that one. All right. Are we on the socials at all? I think so. X, maybe. Yeah. Facebook, yes. Instagram for sure. Threads, one day. We'll see. We've got our own website. That's for damn sure. Mm. We're on every friggin' podcast app you can imagine mm. in existence. Oof. We're there. You'll find us. Have a little look. We'll peek out. We'll see ya. Um, if it isn't clear by now, Dylan and I like doing the show. We don't like so much doing the social side of things. So if you guys could like spread the word a bit, tell your friends. You do us... the work. Yeah. You that, do that... the work. Well, we, we're doing half the job. We're doing the show. You do the do the rest, okay? Absolutely. We deserve no, this. It is good fun, though. We're doing the main show. We're doing the Christina Chronicle. We'll be back with that in a few weeks. Some main shows coming up. Some special guests. Back again soon, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, well, you heard us right. Until then, Dylan, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say to you, I miss you, Christina. Ooh, I miss you, Christina. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.